You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. The free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode coming to you from... We're up in Tulsa, wait, did I remember that? Oh, I forget that. <laughs> Where are you guys up? You guys are in Jenks, right? I The store is in Jenks, and he is out in Sepulpa. So. You guys are up in that area. Have the that. Tulsa area. Yes, Michael and Amy on the podcast with me today who make lots and lots and lots of honey, which I'm, I mean, I love honey. Like, when I think of honey, it takes me back to my grandparents' house, and I used to go to my grand's house and eat honey on toast, and there was way too much honey on it with really thick bread, and it was, oh, it was just the best thing ever. Um, and that's the thing I think of when I, when I think of honey. But coming, I'm from the UK originally, but coming to the States, um, no. you know, a lot of homegrown stuff. Food is totally different here than it is back home. I think back home they embrace kind of homegrown and homemade stuff. Whereas out here, everything's like processed and you got to check the label and it's all for the cheapness or whatever. And they put everything in it, substitutes. Um, but we'll definitely get into the honey side of things. Before we do though, uh, what's your backstory, guys? How'd you guys meet? You know, how did you get in? And then how'd you get into the honey business? How do we meet? Um, I actually used to work for his mom. My background is apparel design and she was my boss for uh, a little bit. And through that relationship, I met her son, Michael. And uh, then he, he will tell you, I stood him up several times before I actually went out with him. And I did not. Um, but we, at least, uh, one. at least once, yes, that is accurate. <laughs> But um, after that, we he lived in Texas. I lived in Tulsa, and then I moved down there. And uh, we started. He has two uh, at that time young girls, so we uh, added to the family. And then when our youngest was just under about, one, yeah, just under one, we um, had the opportunity to move back up to Tulsa, which is where we're both semi from and uh it's where his family lives my family lives and uh, we, we took it because we, we like the vibe in tulsa yeah we've been here now for 12 years back home yes yeah, 13 yep yeah i love yes. Tulsa. it's a lot it's a fun city a lot of cool stuff going on we got you know one to raise a family something to do and obviously yes for you guys too uh so so when you come back to Tulsa, what do you, what business are you guys in? What are you guys doing? Um, obviously you get, when you come home, does it, does work bring you home or do you just decide, you know what, let's, let's move. We moved out of Texas, uh, just cause we wanted to be back, uh, close to family. Uh, at the time I was a project manager for Sprint and, uh, I had already been full-time telecommute for a couple of years, um, before we moved. And, uh, as a result of that, I had the freedom to live pretty much anywhere, so um, we got our house ready to sell in Texas and, and moved back here to Oklahoma. Um, 
beekeeping was was a hobby that we started or that I started uh, with a, a roll of my wife's eyes um, because I started many hobbies and, and did not uh, uh, follow through. We had several businesses in Texas that were that had varying degrees of success. You know, I owned a couple of internet cafes in Texas back around the I'll say the turn of the century um, because it was. And, um, and those those had limited success, not near as much success as they have on uh, the side of the pond where you're from. Um, and then uh, uh, those we had those for about eight years. And then we owned a, an eBay drop off franchise, which was oh, basically yeah. <laughs> yeah, a store that you would go into and you would bring your stuff to me and. And then we would take pictures of it and sell it on eBay for you and uh, for uh, a commission. And that uh, was a dismal failure. Um, and let's see, I think I had an, an uh, internet service provider web design company that I started long before I knew Amy, which uh, uh, I guess it was successful enough that led me to a, a job in the IT community. But uh, anyway, that's my background, IT, not farming. Uh, we moved back to Tulsa. We had a big garden in the backyard. And, uh, you know, Amy loves tomatoes. Kids love tomatoes. We grew lots of tomatoes and squash and just your typical backyard garden. And um, one year, just researching more stuff to do in the backyard, we were looking at chickens. I was looking at bees and whatnot to help, you know, pollinate our garden. Um, not perhaps, uh, yeah, to pollinate the garden. And so we ended up getting a couple of beehives in the backyard. And, um, you know, I just got addicted. Uh, hopefully no one from Sprint is listening, but I would spend more time in the backyard with my bees than I did on my laptop doing my job. Ultimately, I got laid off, which <laughs> probably that had something to do with it. But uh, two beehives became uh, 15 beehives the next year. 15 became 150 the following year. And that was the year that I got laid off. Um, I took a job. Um, working for a commercial beekeeping outfit uh, in prior Oklahoma and spent a whole year on the road with them just learning the ropes of farming. You know, I, I have boots on right now, but I didn't own boots back then and uh, pretty much live in them, you know, now work boots. Um, and, uh, you know, we went from 150 that year to 400 and something the next year. And then at one point we had gotten up to about 1,600 hives about four years ago. And uh, we actually had a load of bees that were shipping out of East Texas, which is where we used to do all of our spring beekeeping work, uh, getting them ready to make honey in Oklahoma. And that year we had made up enough hives that we were going to send uh, to North or South Dakota on a lease contract. Someone was going to lease our bees. And the way that they pay you on a lease deal is they, they give you half of the honey that they produce. Okay. Uh, unfortunately that year, uh, the truck that was bound for South Dakota crashed in Paris, Texas and spilled 800 hives onto the road, which was half of our livelihood <laughs> all gone in the space of about 45 minutes. Yep. Um, so we have been slowly recovering from that for the last few years. Uh, we started this year with roughly a uh, thousand hives and um, we hope to push up to about 1500 uh I guess I say this year, we started last year with a thousand this year is we're already um, headed towards spring, getting ready, building boxes, all the things that need to be done um, to get back to that, that uh, 15 to 1600 hive count 
this year. Um, you know, we did most of our selling in the early days at the Tulsa Farmers Market, which used to be on Cherry, Cherry Street, and it's now in the Kendall Whittier Square. Um, 100% honest, if it wasn't for the uh, Cherry Street Farmers Market, we would not be where we are today. Absolutely. It's just a wonderful local little market that's packed with great uh, vegetable, meat, all sorts of uh, goodies there at that market, and a super loyal customer base. Um, which gave us the legs that we needed to really start this journey. Um, so that's really interesting. That's a lot. That's really cool. Um, so before we get into talking about like the transition for, you know, for you guys to, to the beast, what was your background? Well, in Texas, uh, I did apparel design. So when we started having kids, uh, actually when I had, I was pregnant with Brady, was my last job down there. And when I um, left for maternity leave, um, the, I found out when I returned that that um, whole store shop was closing. So uh, they gave me the three months so I wouldn't sue them because I just came back from having a baby. And then they were like, okay, well, we aren't going to be working or operating anymore. So see you later. Bye. And that's when we took the opportunity to just fly up to, to Tulsa. Um, and with that, since Brady was uh, just about a year then, I was stay at home mom. And, um, then we had a five-year-old and a one-year-old or, uh, however old they were, but, um, I felt, uh, once he was old enough to, to be in pre-K and we could escape having this small monster around, um, I started subbing at, in the school district and I did that. And then it worked my way into a full-time job, um, in the school district. So I continued to, you know, be mom, have the same hours as the kids and whatnot, um, and then we still, we did, we did honey. Um, in the early stages, Chloe was in competitive gymnastics and that kept us pretty busy also. Um, between that and farmer's market and then uh, operating trade shows, which was my job then to find where else could we sell this honey. And we traveled, we tried to stay close to Tulsa and the surrounding area. Um, uh, but then we started branching out into, you know, a little bit in Arkansas, a little bit in Kansas. But um, with all that, I couldn't keep a full-time job. So then um, my full-time job, besides being a mom, uh, was finding places to sell the honey. Mm -hmm. it, from just kind of what you guys have both just said, like it's, it seems like you're really both were fairly entrepreneurial, just had entrepreneurial tendencies growing up. We're always trying to start businesses, always trying to do something. And that's, you know, there's a lot of people that just are happy to get a nine to five and settle and that's it and climb the corporate ladder. It seems like you yeah. guys have the itch to do your own thing and fight the corporate kind of like, you know, oh, yeah. I, yeah, mine, I, definitely. I don't think I realized I had that drive. I always highlighted it or, or focused on, um, I would call it creativity. So that's where, you know, I wasn't really happy. Um, not necessarily in my jobs, but working in the apparel industry is really aggressive and, you know, most manufacturing that happens all internationally. So your, your nine to five got later and later because you had to have calls and, you know, we didn't have zoom back then, um, with China and India and all that. So, um, that, that I, I was not unhappy to remove myself from that situation, but now having a retail store and then with the trade shows, just, you know, designing the tent and the booth and all of that, um, my creativity was able to flourish. So yeah, it's, um, Michael, for certain, he uh, likes to be in charge of his own destiny. And uh, 
and make sure that he takes care of his family and, and all of that. So, yes. The funny thing about this business is we didn't ever intend for it to be a business. It was just going to be a hobby in the backyard. You know, I'd always been looking for ways to, to do my own thing and, and make my own way for myself and my family. And the beehives, they were just, you know, they were going to be next door to the backyard chickens, which we still don't have. But, um, <laughs> we but only the, just recently uh, got a garden back. We didn't have yeah, a garden exactly. for many years. <laughs> no, no time for a garden when you got bees. Um, but the, you know, the real, the real, I guess, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. The deciding factor was the year that um, we produced, uh, the year that we had 15 hives, we made more honey than we could give away. I think it was like 96 pints of honey or something along those lines. And so Amy put a post on Network Neighborhood, which is kind of like Facebook, but it's, you know, local to your neighborhood. And in less than a week, all of it was gone. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm just really in the wrong industry. <laughs> so uh, we kind of we kind of formulated a plan at that point. I had a five year plan to grow to where I felt like I needed to be to support the family. And then um, that year I got laid off. So, OK, the five year plan became like a five month plan. Let's go. Yeah. And, um, you know, the store that Amy has. Go ahead. Uh, the store that Amy has now uh, was never going to be a store. Um, we needed a place uh, that we could bottle honey um, and could be certified by the health department as a commercial kitchen, you know, safe to do that job. And so we found a little house in Jinx and we rented it. Um, and I remodeled my brother and I, that was who you saw there behind Amy. My brother and I remodeled that, that little house, the kitchen area of it um, and whatnot to, to bottle honey. And then there was a whole big front room area and Amy's like, well, I can sell stuff out here. Um, so it, it kind of morphed into much more than just a little kitchen. Um, and then this year we moved down the street or last year, I should say, we moved down the street uh, to actually in main street jinx, you know, right across the street from KFC. Um, and her store is much bigger now. And now she doesn't just sell honey and, and gifts related to bees. You know, she's got meat and chicken or and eggs and dairy and, and it's turning into a little general store, um, where she gets always, yeah, I'm sorry. It was always our, our goal, um, to be able to provide, uh, and lift up also all of the local other vendors that we you know at the farmer's market and, um, at trade shows, we meet so many other vendors at trade shows that aren't necessarily at a farmer's market. Um, and once we got into the little house, we um, knew we were going to outgrow it. We just didn't realize how quickly. Um, and then the blessing of that little house, um, we needed to get it out of our house. And I don't know if Michael had mentioned that, but people, we had a loyal following. Thanks so much to the farmer's market that they would drop by our house, you know, knock on the door and, hey, can I have some honey? Can I have some, you know, cream teddy? It was crazy. It's crazy. So um, moving into this location has been fantastic. We moved last March at the, um, I guess, the height of COVID crazy when everything started shutting down and technically we could stay open because we had food. But, um, I honestly couldn't because we had so many online orders and then I was helping, um, a little bit for my brother-in-law Scott. He delivers to all of our um, retail locations, uh, grocery and whatnot, and I had to help with that. So, um, besides the farmer market loyalty, um, there was always uh, a buzz no pun intended, about honey and locality and bees and, and, and all of that. So we got to um, ride a wave that was already in the process. And 
um, with COVID, it just, I don't, I don't even know the word exploded with support local, um, support your farmers, support, you know, small business. And so we have, um, been able to survive luckily. And a lot of that is, and Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, but because we did so many trade shows that were all completely canceled last year, we, um, have been lucky enough to be in research for the last year and a half. And without that weekly paycheck, uh, I don't think we, we at least not have any employees anymore. Um, and we certainly wouldn't have been able to grow into this, this spot, but, um, it's been a wild ride. And uh, when he talked about the truck turning over and whatnot, it seems that we, um, all the do nots, do not do this, do not are, are have happened. And so we are just ha- um, happily checking them off to not have her happen again. All lessons, right? They're yes. Lessons. <laughs> yeah. And then you can go into telling people how to grow stuff and how to do their own business and start a consulting side because you've done everything wrong going forward. Uh, if we haven't purposely done it wrong or learned from our own mistakes, the funny thing about beekeeping, and Michael can uh, fill you in more on this, is that first of all, every beekeeper has their own way of doing things in their own right way and whatnot. But um, they're so willing to share. And that is, I have found that to be true in, in most any of the, um, the, the vendors, the people that we have met, that everybody wants to share, uh, you know, progress and success and how they did it and how they were able to, you know, from people who just do little crafts and make things out of wood or, um, uh, apparel accessories and things like that. They're always open and willing to uh, lend a helping hand and to give advice, especially beekeepers. Yeah. When you're going to the farmer's markets, right, it's, it's, everyone's starting out, aren't they? Everyone's at the same stage usually of their business or, you know, fairly close to that same stage. And, you know, some might've broken into a bigger store, but, but your roots and you, you start at those little farmer's markets. And like you said, the Cherry Hill one's got such a special meaning to you guys because, you know, giving you your start and, and the people that you meet there too, right. And that's, that's obviously the value that you provide now to those people at your store is giving them, giving them maybe their first store that they're in, right. Is that, is your store and, and opening, mm-hmm. you know, opening up their products to, to the, to the customers that you guys have coming in, which is, which is really nice. That's kind of a special feeling to have. You mentioned, um, you know, honey reminds you of your grandfather. We, that, that is not a new story. And we have always tried from our uh, marketing to, you know, labels and, and all of that. And our presentation and booths and whatnot is to bring this old school, you know, vintage feeling of, you know, love, family, happy memories. Um, and it, it often starts with my grandpa used to have hives. My grandpa had these. We used to, you know, eat that honeycomb and just right out. And so it's been great. Or my, my grandma told me always, <laughs> if you eat local honey, it's good for your yes. Yes. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I wouldn't need to keep bees anymore. <laughs> did you know um, yes, that's yes, it did. did you know if you have uh, eat local pollen it will help with allergies did you know it's funny because you know often the, the customers want to teach us stuff too and it's just it's great yeah. it's not like you've been making it right for the last but we do learn the new stuff me in particular 
all the time, every day, it's learning experience. You know, as soon as I think that I've got this figured out and all oh, this is going to work exactly like it did last year. Well, guess what? I mean, uh, this year has been so crazy. I mean, Amy's talked a lot about trade shows. We do uh, farmers markets, festivals, trade shows, uh, we renaissance fairs that we do in three different states. Um, and that was a huge part of our income. You know, we had... Uh, uh, Amy and, and a group of people that made all of our products, um, and most of them family and children. My oldest daughter, you know, she bottles our honey and, and, and runs our kitchen out here at the farm. And anyway, so we had this whole infrastructure built to support the, the way we had been selling honey for the past four or five years. And then this year just went and nothing. I mean, we had the store, we did a little delivery service and we had uh, the, a retail outlets like Reese's that's got to stay open and that was it because everything else after march was canceled I mean, almost everything the blessing um, at research was people were buying honey uh like toilet paper and we don't oh, understand yeah. why um we're like it doesn't ever go bad it's not you know we just didn't understand but we totally appreciate the support that's for sure it started a little bit bad either. yeah yeah that's well you know <laughs> <laughs> but it's been crazy. And that's what I meant about research. We just had, it, it just was flying off the shelves. It was so hard to, to keep it in stock. Started a little bit again um, a month or so ago. And I think it seems to have leveled out. Um, but yeah, honey does not go bad, everyone. Honey, honey will last forever. It will crystallize, but it will not, it's not bad. Uh, Michael, tell me about kind of like, you know, just listening to you talk, it went, it's gone from, you know, a couple, a few to 15. And then you mentioned like bigger, a lot bigger numbers. Did you guys, when you got to take, you know, when you got laid off, do you think, okay, this is going to be it now. My five-year plan's gone to five months. Did you already have the farm that you were moved to and where everything is now? Or was that in that five months, you're like, right, I need to find a place and we need to make get as many hives in as possible. How, how did that all work out? We had nothing. I had a small pickup truck, a Ford F-150, in our backyard in uh, Tulsa. Our neighbors um, loved us. And, yes, in our backyard, at, at one point, you know, we live in uh, uh, almost to Bixby, in the, one of the oldest neighborhoods out there. So we're fortunate enough that we have an acre um, at, at our house. Um, and so at one point, uh, before we have the farm where I am currently, I bought a shipping container that was there um, at the house in the neighborhood uh, to store the honey in after we pulled it. Cause you know, when you pull the honey and you bring it into one space, any bees within a mile of there are going to smell it and come at it. So you've got to put it inside something to protect that from the bees. Cause they'll just rob it back out of the frames. Um, so we had this in the shipping container and we had purchased a small extraction line and I put that extraction line um, in my garage and it was a tremendously tight fit for all of this equipment. Um, so much so that I had, uh, got some sandblasting nets from a friend of mine and rigged up this goofy little tent extension to the, uh, garage. And we extracted three honey crops in, in big ones, you know, in my garage in our neighborhood. Um, and then at that point, um, then one of the neighbors nearby was a little frustrated with our, our uh, farm that we're growing here in, in the middle of town. <laughs> and so the city came out and was like, uh, guys, you're breaking a few code rules here. We can't keep doing this. But I, I, I will say the city of Tulsa was 
tremendously helpful and and they gave us lots of time to get stuff situated and, and out of there and that wasn't the year that we bought our farm you know we had to do some work um, I had to do all of my honey extraction over in Pryor, which is 60 miles roughly from my house where we did that for, for a couple of years. And then I, three years ago, we bought this place and we got uh, a 40 acres in uh, uh, Sepulpa, south of Sepulpa, east of or west of Mounds. And we built a big shop, which is where I'm sitting now. And we, uh, uh, half of that shop is a commercial kitchen and the other half is our wood shop and, and where we extract honey and, and whatnot. Um, but no, when I got laid off, we had no tools. I didn't have a real truck. I didn't have my own forklift. I didn't have any trailers, nothing. And, you know, now we've got a stack of equipment all over the place. It's all used in old and, you know, you've got to hold your mouth just right sometimes to make a lot of it work, but, uh, it gets the job done. We were helped. Um, and I don't know if Michael would want to advertise this or not, but we could not have done it honestly without, um, the local, uh, SSA helping us and they have been um, especially in the farming end of it a wealth of knowledge for Michael because um, he 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 knows all about these I know I know what I have retained and from what he tells me and what I've witnessed and participated in but like if you're going to ask something specific about a bee I'm probably not going to know the answer um, but he is a retainer of knowledge. He is a Googler, a researcher. And so he just finds out everything he possibly can really before he, he leaps in. Um, so it may have seemed like he leaped in with the bees, but um, he was always in the back of his mind thinking, I really like this. I really enjoy being able to work for myself. I really um, don't enjoy sitting in front of a computer. And at that time there were no zoom meetings, you know, when he had a conference call, it was just on the phone and see people's faces or anything it was quite boring in my opinion um but uh you know he made it work you know a, a lot of people who in production or in farming it's generational right like you mm -hmm. know, your granddad's done it it's kind of you grew up around it it's familiar to you clearly this wasn't the case with you guys absolutely not no we and you know we still live in town and I'm desperately trying to get uh, a house built out here so that we cannot live in town because it's 30 miles, 30 minute drive, 45 minutes really for me to get here every morning. And there's, uh, and that's a big chunk of my daylight um, burned up just traveling to and from. Uh, so getting out to the country is, is definitely going to happen hopefully sooner than later. But, uh, but yes, it was not generational. Um, there are, uh, no farming in my, you know, my dad wasn't a farmer. Uh, he was a VP of sales for a local, um, large air conditioning company. Uh, and, uh, um, my mom, she worked in apparel with Amy and whatnot. Uh, and my grandparents, no one was really farming there. So it was all, you know, we had to learn everything that we know from scratch. I, I like to joke. I'm a YouTube expert. You know, if there's someone on YouTube that says this is how you can do something, then I can watch that video, and I may not do it exactly like the guy or gal did it on the video, but, but I can get it done. He built our first extraction. Um, what do you call it, Michael? What is that thing called? An extractor. Well, I built it out of a barrel and some moving parts. It was. I wish I had it still. I gave it to a, a, a younger beekeeper uh, than me when I didn't need it anymore. But it was definitely a little Frankenstein. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. It did.
important to just figure it out, right? And it's like there's so much free information on the internet. Just do yep. it. Spend time, do it right, figure it out. And then just, you know, I'm terrible. I'm not a handyman at all, right? And everything like changing a freaking car battery is can be you can google it any car you want it's great uh, like that you know just like oh just people you know why not it's all there uh, just google it so that's that's great i love that i love the fact that you got into this you know out of a out of a passion thinking honey you know let's start it and then it's just become a business and then you know you amy you get to use your branding clothing side of things to to you know sh- to be creative and do the mm-hmm. stuff and help others through that and well and just add value to the community and because there's nothing nothing better than okay yeah great we're selling our own product but when you actually add value to people as well it makes the selling a lot easier right you're not like hard selling people to hey try this because it's amazing people actually like you because you add value first or a simultaneously which is really nice uh, and i'm sure it's you know that's why you guys are successful as well because seem like genuine people and have an awesome product and, and you know that's just how oklahoma and how business is done right it's just nice Ab- that way. absolutely i mean there's nothing more rewarding than than making something that someone else truly loves um and uh we just get such a kick out of it mm-hmm. and uh yeah. it's hard I mean, work but it's not like a job right. anymore and we work harder than we ever had before ever um, if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life so yeah uh, where where can people find you? Where can they, you know, the address of the store online? How can they buy your product? And and if there's any potential beekeepers out there that want to get some information, how can they reach out? Well, we've got uh, our website is roarcacres.com. Um, Amy's store is at 217 uh, East Main Street in Jinx. Um, and that, and of course, uh, like we've said many times, every resource has our honey. Um, Aikens has our honey, uh, you know, Doc's produce and Doc's Country Mart and Carmichael's produce. And there are lots of little, uh, uh, gift shops and boutiques that carry our products. All of that information is also available on our website. Awesome. Well, guys, it's been actually a pleasure. I need to come and, well, first of all, I need to come get some honey from you guys. And then I want to come to the store whenever I'm in town. I'll let you know. Absolutely. uh, you can come out here in the spring. We'll put you in a bee suit and you can stick your head in a beehive. I, I, yes, let's do that because I've never done that before, and that would be awesome. You need to do that with the video. Yeah, we, Michael is. Um, we do sell bees. We sell them every year. He loves to, um, you know, pass on his knowledge and whatnot. But there are so many. Um, what he calls backyard beekeepers, new beekeepers um, that just want to have one in their backyard because they just want to help support bees and whatnot. And so we do that. Um, that's uh, also what he's starting doing, um, building more hives, um, grafting queens, all that kind of stuff. So he's a wealth of knowledge. And um, we always tell anybody, if you have a question, um, or our cell phones are out there everywhere, but um, Facebook messages, like us on Facebook. And then if you need to know anything, want to know anything, um, I keep Facebook very up to date, but that's where you can find us and, and get a hold of us quickly. All right. Well, I'll post all the links to what you mentioned in the description for the podcast so people listening can go straight to that and click on that and get in touch with you guys. And uh, guys, have a great rest of your weekend. This has been an absolute pleasure. And thanks for taking the time out. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing some raging reviews from people who've listened to the podcast and gone and bought your products. So. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for having us on. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great weekend.
This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.